Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever felt to yourself while you watching a movie? They can do better than this. I can do better than this. Amen. Well then please prepare your hearts, your minds, your souls for the film tweakers. Mm, I can feel it. Film tweakers. Greetings, listeners. No, this is not the Entertainment Buffet podcast, but this is still on the same RSS feed. This is a new podcast we're going to be trying out called Film Tweakers. Me and uh, one of my co-hosts will be examining a film and break down our top five tweaks on how we think we can fix the film a little bit. But before we get started, uh, do all the plugs I like to do, which is please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes under Entertainment Buffet Podcast to find this. Uh, this will be a little mini podcast that we, uh, under the Entertainment Buffet umbrella, that kind of, you'll, you'll see here and there. We're going to figure out what kind of schedule we'll be doing with which films. But check us out, uh, Entertainment Buffet, on Facebook, Twitter, EntertainmentBuffet.com for all those. With me today is... Josh Sibley. How's it going, Josh? Hello. I am here, yes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, we are about... You're about 24 hours after you've seen Suicide Squad. I'm about 48 or so. Yeah, just just about. Yeah, and so I've, I figured this was a perfect film to kick off this idea of film tweakers, where we oh, take God, a film yes. and try to see if we can fix it. <laughs> that is a daunting task with this movie. Uh, yeah. But before you think we're going to be a bunch of DC haters, this is not attacking the DC brand exclusively. This is more so just attacking movies like this made in general that settle for meteoric, uh, like mediocre quality and just try to pump it out for the money. I'm just here to attack DC. I really, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Before we uh, break down our top five fixes for the film, let's get our initial thoughts. So, Josh, what were your first impressions, initial thoughts, if you could tell someone just a few things or your elevator pitch <laughs> about your thoughts on the movie? What on would you say? My thoughts on Suicide Squad. Um, as I was watching it, I'll be completely honest, I wasn't like, wow, this is terrible. I definitely wasn't enjoying myself. I was kind of like, meh. Then I left the movie and had time to really think about it and was like, that was pretty pretty bad um i wouldn't recommend it to someone i guess <laughs> i mean it wasn't like it wasn't like the worst movie i've ever seen you know i've seen far far worse sure um you know i'd, I'd watch this again over like you know green lantern or uh, i didn't see fantastic four but i heard it was really bad oh yes um even even the old fantastic fours um so it wasn't it wasn't terrible there were a couple things i liked which we can get to in in a minute but for the most part I gave it like a four out of ten. Really, just it didn't click with me. So still an F, but not quite the uh, the whopping twenty six or twenty seven percent that Rotten Tomatoes has been giving it. Yeah, I think Rotten Tomatoes is more giving it like a fair warning to people, like maybe not see this movie because it's it's not good. Yeah. So I I agree with mostly with what you said, Josh. My initial thoughts were, and this happens with a lot of movies nowadays, is I come out and like I I feel one thing, and then I think about it, and I feel one thing, and then I, I'm going back and forth. So this is why I liked. I, I took a couple days before we recorded this because I wanted to gather all my thoughts. You gotta digest it. There you know? are redeemable things about this movie, but not enough to save it for me. Sure, not not enough to deem it good. 
But there are things like this isn't just going to be we're sh- shitting on it nonstop. This is yeah. Th- like there are things such as Margot Robbie killing it as Harley Quinn or Will Smith remembering how to be fun again. Uh, Viol- yeah. Viola Davis being scarier than Joker. Like there were a lot of things that were great about it, but obviously that doesn't mean it was great. It wasn't a shit show. But if you're a fan of comics, I would say go see it because it is a comic book movie. And uh, but if if comic book movies have kind of been getting tired on you, you're you're a little bit exhausted for them. I would say you could skip this one and wait for one of better quality because this will just further your superhero fatigue, if you will. If you feel like you really want to experience a movie at home. Go uh, just pick up like a Suicide Squad comic that's like in the middle of the Suicide Squad comic <laughs> run and read that one and then like the end one and then you'll be you'll be all set and you'll be like I was really confused and you're like yeah well that's what the movie's kind of like <laughs> so and watch Men in Black and you know then you're <laughs> you kind of got the two together. Well, I, I would always say just over you, most movies just watch Men in Black. Just watch Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's uh, let's jump into our top. Five fixes or tweaks for Suicide Squad. So th- these are going to be in no particular order. These are just going to be five things we wish we could help this movie out to make it. I think if we fix these five things, it would be a really good movie. Don't you, Josh? I, I do. And these are like things that like you could fix, you know, close to the movie being released and not so much, you know, like the total rewrite of the entire script type thing. Yeah, because this isn't fan fiction. I just want people to know that that we're not like, oh, well, Harley Quinn should have. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, it. But like you, you mentioned before, the 2015 Fantastic Four. That's a movie where pretty much just scrap the whole thing. Like, there's nothing you can do to save that. There's no yeah, redeemable exactly. good qualities. This had some good ideas, some good things. So let's see. The number one thing that uh, we both agreed on we should change uh, that we wish we could change about this movie is the fact that Warner Brothers and DC gave David Ayer the writer director only 5 weeks to write polish rework and finalize the script before shooting which is totally ridiculous yeah uh, obviously the way me and Josh know each other is through Columbia, where we we, we both were in the film pro- program, where we wrote uh, some features and also took some TV classes together. Writing in five weeks, maybe one draft seems reasonable, but writing <laughs> Not if you're me, <laughs> but writing a finished film that literally, like after those five weeks, you're just gonna pick up and go start shooting. That's I don't know how he did that. Uh, that's because he wrote a first draft, and then they went on from there. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. That's the big thing. Is this feels when you see the movie, it feels like all right. Like he had some good ideas, but then it's like, eh, if you did another write through, you probably would have cut that, David, or <laughs> you probably would have twe- exactly. tweaked that a little bit. Exactly. My the biggest thing I would fix is the character of Rick Flag. Yes. Um, he should have been the the surrogate to the audience. He should have been the, you know, the, the our point of view, our way into this this world where these we have these bad guys, and I say bad guys loosely because they were more of like a level band of misfits, you know, yeah. almost like they were guardians of the galaxy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I totally but, agree. Rick Flag yeah. definitely needed a lot of reworking, and yeah, I he was he was not 
wasn't terrible. Oh no! But he was he was not he they could have he could have saved the movie. Yeah, I agree. I like the idea of you know this movie is supposed to be like you said, quote unquote, bad guys. But what they should have done was have him be the only normal person. Like he's the straight character who. Like you said, the audience's point of view to dive in and like he has to deal with all these crazies and he has to wrangle them all together to stay together and not kill one another or not kill people. But like he just was kind of along for the ride. Exactly. I mean, how how great of a movie would it have been if he was, you know, the whole time you're sitting there thinking, is Rick Flagg going to die? You know, can he control these people? Yeah. And like, let's just go ahead and sh- say it right off the bat that there may be tiny little bit of spoilers here and there but nothing you know n- n- there's nothing spoilerable in this movie that's going to make you like pissed that you heard that and it ruins it for you superman's dead <laughs> <laughs> oh god so rick flag there's even a part where he is seemingly going to be like taken by these you know faceless alien henchmen thing and <laughs> sludge people. Yeah. <laughs> and Will Smith is the one who has to gather the squad and say, like, no, if he dies, we die. So it was almost like Will Smith is dead shot. He was actually the team leader. And Rick Flagg was just another guy with a gun. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of dead shots uh, story or, you know, Will Smith and Hancock, too. <laughs> Which, you know, I think he thought he was in or something. I mean, I love Will Smith. Yes. You know, and I was I was super happy to see Will Smith back as Will Smith. Sure. He's he's supposed to be a hardened criminal and not like Will Smith who's made a couple mistakes in his life and you know, I kinda felt like he was a guy that got arrested for tax evasion and was just trying to make it up. <laughs> you know, not like a a contracted assassin killer. He's just trying to be a good dad, Josh. That was it. <laughs> yeah. You know. What's it, a uh, Sandman? You know, like, it's all right to do bad things because my daughter, she's sick. Oh, God. I thought they Sandman's were going to do a better that, villain. Too. I thought they were going to do that, too. Wait, did you say Spider-Man 3 is better than Suicide Squad? Yeah, Spider-Man 3 is much better than Suicide Squad. Okay, shots fired. Listeners, I may not fully agree with this, but Josh Sibley just said that Spider-Man 3, one of the most hated comic book movies of all time, is better than Suicide Squad. That's harsh fighting words. Spider-Man 3, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, sometime later, but Spider-Man 3 is like, you know, we'll just, we'll just make a spinoff podcast all about, like, movies that aren't that bad, but people think they are. And Spider-Man 3 is one of them. Okay. Any, any, anything else you thought they should have fixed specifically with the writing in this movie? Yeah, like, how about the fact that the first act was, like, 50 minutes long? <laughs> You know, so I mean, I don't know about you, but in my screenwriting classes, I was taught. So you have your introduction to your characters and you have your little, you know, your your first act. And the first act can usually vary between, you know, I've seen ones that are like five minutes or, you know, in the case of what was it? World War Z, like the first page, I think, was the first act. Yeah. Hey, I'm Brad Pitt. Uh Oh, zombies are here. Um, you know, and then and then this one was like. This weird scene where um, Viola Davis was sitting at the table with the guy from Stranger Things, and um, what's his David Harbor? I think is his name. I have no and idea. Like a couple other the 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 CIA guy. Yeah. And she's explaining to everyone who the Suicide Squad members are going to be, and they each have these long montagey flashbacks of you know how they got arrested by Batman or the Flash or you know how Jai Courtney's actually in the movie and you didn't realize it. And 
um, it was just this whole thing where it was just long and it went on forever. Then the movie starts. Yeah. Let's move on from the writing and jump on over, like, because since we're already talking about it, our number two point, which is the, uh, the, the overall editing of the film. That's something I brought up in my video review on my YouTube channel on Entertainment Buffet is that usually I never bring up the editing in any of my reviews because this editing should be seamless yes, and silent because it's not a problem it, it, because it's just it's happening, but you don't know it's happening. But one of my biggest issues, like with the editing, and like this also could have been the writing, but my feeling is it landed on on the editing was there's the bar scene that we see in the trailers where they're all sitting down and talking, uh, having a drink, and basically Rick Flag destroys this device that has uh, a remote to trigger explosives that are in all of their necks to kill them. And he destroys the device and basically is like, all right, you guys are free to go, or if you want to stay and help me. Uh, like, that's on you, but you're free to go. And Jai Courtney's boomerang bolts instantly. <laughs> like, yeah, which was which was a funny moment. Was, he was actually a bright spot in the movie, which yes. I can't believe I'm saying that. I know, a lot of people are shocked. But it was really funny because he just bolts. And I'm like, wouldn't that be hilarious if that was his last moment in the movie? Which yeah, is like, exactly. you guys are free to go. And then he totally capitalizes on it and is free to go. But what ends up happening is they all decide to go, and they have the scene that we've seen in the trailers where they're all walking down the street, all badass in a line. You know, they're walking into danger. It's like, oh, this is the Suicide Squad. Yeah, so they're all walking, and then Jai Courtney all of a sudden walks up next to them and like kind of does like a head nod that he's going to help fight. I was like, wait, what? Why, why is he with them now? And there was no, like, all they needed <laughs> was a quick line for him to say, uh, I can never pass up a good fight. <laughs> or yeah, like, or something. Something. Or like, I, or like he just says, like, uh, Harley made that joke. It's like, I got nothing else better to do. Like, something. Exactly. And I was watching um, one of the, there was a scene uh, they had on YouTube from when Batman comes. I don't know if it was on YouTube or someone got it somehow, but where Batman shows up and he arrests Harley Quinn, right? You remember the scene and they're on the, the car? Yes. Uh, so I was watching that again. That's weirdly edited, too. We never see Batman actually leave his car. He just kind of appears on the top of their car. <laughs> That's like, true. Did they did they run out of money and they couldn't afford the stunt? Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I could figure that had to have happened. Yeah. And yeah, it was just it was just weird. It was just I mean, the whole movie was poorly edited. Yeah. Like and I I did hear that they fired the original editor. Um I don't know if this is true, and then they brought in another one. So the word the the word around the internet is that David Ayer was going for a darker tone, and when they released some of the early trailers, I think it was either the second one where there was the a, Bohemian Rhapsody one. I think it was that one. There was a lot of humor in that, and it got positive reviews. Everyone was like, "This looks really good. I like how DC is adding some humor, but it doesn't feel like less dark." So then I heard what they did was they took the editors or the company that edit together that trailer. Trailer park. Yeah, and they had them actually edit the movie. Yeah, and then David Ayer was forced to kind of put the two versions together, the one he was doing and then the one that... They slapped together. Yeah, which can kind of lead us into our next subject here. Yes, our number three way to fix Suicide Squad is keep a consistent tone. Why? I mean, I kind of like feeling like I'm watching three movies at the same time. <laughs> like, I have not seen a, a worse tone 
in a movie since Amazing Spider-Man 2. And, like, when I say consistent tone, some people think, like, either go dark and drama or go comedy. Like, that's not what I mean. Like, you can have comedic moments in a drama or you can have dramatic moments in a comedy. Like, that's fine. But it felt like they took the first half and made it comedic and then the last half made it dramatic and they kind of slapped it together. And it just didn't quite – it didn't fit together. It didn't fit together at all. I mean, we'd have these weird, like, just back to that early montage moments, you know, Amanda Waller's in the the bar Which restaurant totally, thing. totally felt like smoke and aces. If you've seen, if you've seen that movie. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was dark, you know, it was like, I want to build this team of these evil people. Here's some fun music montages of them doing stuff. <laughs> but, but, you know, back on track. Yeah. It was, it was weird. The, the, the tone, and we talked about this a little bit before the podcast uh, while we were getting rolling here, which was like, these are supposed to be villains. Make them actually dark. Like, I understand Harley Quinn being funny. That makes sense. Maybe a little bit of Deadshot, but like they should have made like everyone else like stone cold, like assholes or just, you know, horrible people. But like Jai Courtney was kind of funny and then like they made Killer Croc have some one liners and Diablo would say some things. And I'm like, these are all just, you know, these are supposed to, these are like fun people. Like why? <laughs> Diablo was the only one I liked. Yeah. Because he had a backstory that made sense. So it made and he wasn't funny. He wasn't like quippy. And it made sense why he would want to be like reformed, you know, where it, it was like. You know, Will Smith being upset about his daughter, it was, you know, kind of like a football player being upset about being hurt while playing football. You know, it's like they're getting paid tons of money and you know you're going to get hurt because you're playing football. Yeah, it it just didn't quite make sense. Um, You know, what do you expect to happen, Will Smith? You're like the deadliest assassin in the world. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that while you're trying to raise your daughter. By the way, while we're talking about, you know, the tone, why the fuck? Are they saying we're bad guys? The phrase <laughs> it's what we do. We're bad guys. Yeah, the phrase we're bad guys was said way too many times. And if it was said ten times, it was said ten times too many. Like it just it didn't make any sense for these people who are supposed to be god awful, horrible people, to just like, ah, oh, what are you gonna do? We're terrible. Don't tell me, show me. You said that's why they, could, they couldn't show you because they didn't do anything bad. Yeah. Not even Killer Croc. I mean, what did he do? He just kind of stood there. Like there was sometimes where like he would eat someone, but it's like, did he really eat them or did he just like gnaw on their shoulder and then they went and got some stitches? Like <laughs> they didn't yeah. quite show. Like they should have shown him just straight up fucking eat someone. I thought, and this was just because the movie was so like physically dark, and I don't mean like. You know, like, oh, it was a dark not, movie. N- not tone-wise, really you mean brooding. the you mean the lighting. The lighting was so dark that there was a scene where Killer Croc was swimming in the water after he did his I Am Groot moment. And, um, <laughs> I mean, that's what it was, you know, like, let me swim. I mean, that's what it was, you know. <laughs> we are Groot. It was the same, same fucking thing. And he gets in the water, and one of the, one of the bad, you know, sludge monsters attacks him. And I thought that he attacked one of the guys. Yeah, I could. And I was I like, didn't know oh, was, sweet. I didn't know now what was going on. Now the movie's going to like actually be decent. I didn't know what was going on there. I I really thought he did. And then I was like, oh, no, Killer Croc was just being nice for no reason. And 
Well, okay, well, you can jokingly call this a spoiler, but, like, so there's this character called Slipknot, and he was a Suicide Squad member for 30 seconds, where he didn't even get an intro in that 50-minute first act, so that's where you knew he was a red shirt. Like, you knew he was going to get killed. So yep. they introduced that to keep these guys in line, there's a bomb in their neck, and if you r- try to run, we're going to blow you the fuck up. So within two seconds, Jai Courtney's character is kind of like, ah, oh, it's on mind games. Just go for it. And so Slipknot shoots a grappling hook, which we, you see in like all the trailers. It's his, literally his one moment. He shoots a grappling hook and then Rick Flagg just takes out his little, you know, uh, they, they, do, they I'll steal the joke from the movie, like his little killer app thing. And just. Oh, God, don't even talk about that joke. <laughs> I, I, I threw up. He, he, he blows Slipknot up and kills him. And, like, it was, to me, was that moment supposed to be funny or was that moment supposed to be, like, holy shit, Rick Flagg is this soldier, but he just blew up a guy from his neck just because he was running away? I think it was supposed to be funny, and then they ruined it by throwing in the, that's a killer app joke. I, uh, I, I, think, it, I think it was kind of funny. I, <laughs> I don't think it was the best joke, but uh, that, that, that didn't upset me as much as it did you. Yeah, I don't know. And while while we're talking about tone, kind of the last thing here, I, I kind of felt like the third act was a totally different movie. Yeah, because that's where you like, could tell that's where David Ayer was going for. It was very dramatic, and we'll talk about later uh, the, the 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 bar scene where it was it got really dramatic and it got very like you're supposed to really feel for these characters, and you're like, holy shit, what is this movie? I didn't mind that that much. I mean, because that happens in, you know, most even comedies. You know, they have the end of the second act where it becomes this, you know, the low point for the character and they got to rally and move on. Yeah. So we'll move on to our number four thing for the fix, which is going to be if you're going to have a movie about villains, get an actual good villain that they're all teaming up to face. And we're just going to go ahead and say who the villain was. It was this enchantress. Which, she's like this weird witch, which, like, the way they introduce her, they introduce, like, she's going to be on the Suicide Squad. Amanda Waller says, like, we have her under control, and they, they add this plot point that uh, the girl who got turned into Enchantress is dating Rick Flagg. So it's like, th- that's how you're supposed to feel for Rick Flagg. But at literally, the scene after Amanda Waller says, we have her under control... She's not under control. <laughs> and she got free and did stuff. Yeah. It was, it was all bad. It should have just been, I like. I think that should have been why she was trying to form the, ta- the task force is because, hey, we had this enchantress and she went crazy and, like, we think she's going to start fucking shit up. But I was under the impression that was how the movie was going to go. Me too. To start with was that already this stuff was happening, not like, oh, it was for a task force. Oh, good thing we did because shit just got real. Yeah. And uh, so, like, the villain, Enchantress, she does, I don't even know how to describe it, but, like, she's just doing all the, it's just a bunch of CGI mess, really, is what it is. What bothered me so much about Enchantress was that she spent all her time making sludge monsters when she probably could have just made her little, like, evil spell, like, like way before that. Yeah, it, it did. You know, it, I felt like, what was she waiting for? It, it didn't make sense, like. Why was she making the sludge sludge monsters? What was she, yeah? What was she doing? I like was the big beam in the sky like she was going to bring 
more of her people from the other world, but it... She, no, she was, like, using lightning to, like, sink battleships and, and stuff. Yeah. And blow up things. It didn't make sense because she said, like... In, she was strategically, like, targeting military places. I don't know why she didn't just blow up everything. Anyway, with with the villain in this movie, it didn't... I just didn't care in, like... I understand that they had to do because Amanda Waller's big thing was, and she said it in one of the trailers, which is, "What if Superman wasn't good? What if we had, you know, a metahuman that used their powers for evil? We need someone to fight fire with fire." That all makes sense, but the problem was, I would have rather that villain been something, a metahuman that was a bit more grounded or something that was not. A big cloud CGI with all these, you know, sludge. That's a requirement in superhero movies now is cloud CG and um, world-ending lightning. Well, you even think about, uh, like, the first Avengers, which everyone loves, the the Chitauri are, like, just these black alien things that, you know, they mow down like they're no one. And, like, that's what... Yeah, but that was the first time they did that in the Marvel Universe. Oh yeah, but I'm just saying is like and then they did it with every yeah, movie after that. Is that that there always is a requirement of a big cloud thing that gives you a bunch of no name things that the the heroes destroy. But so were those things still out there? Did they did they kill all of them? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, anyway, but but with you with your villain, yeah, you're right. It, they needed someone that was grounded. They needed someone that was you know really evil and that maybe they didn't want people to know about. And so the bad guys had to take him down. And if only they had someone like that in the movie oh, that they could have used, oh, wait. which kind of leads me into uh, uh, the next point. Yeah, That leads us into our number five tweak, which is how Joker was brought into Suicide Squad. So I'm going to say jo- Joker had the one of two things. Either Joker should have been the villain or Joker should not have been in the movie. I, I agree partially with that. I think he should have been the villain, like you said, or he should have only been involved in Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn's flashbacks, like only flashbacks, like or and then maybe like a post credit scene. He shows up like to kind of tease that he's still around, but it would have been great if he you only saw him in flashbacks and like you just see her either hating him or wanting to be with him or something. But he's just there we live in this this world in which batman and you haven't seen the movie but you know in which batman built like a kryptonite spear to just straight up murder superman (laughs) and you know he also murders people just because he's like a dark grizzled batman now and you know he doesn't care he just doesn't he doesn't care but he hasn't gotten the joker yet yeah, that doesn't like like he's gonna straight up murder Superman who he thinks might do something bad one day possibly, you know. But he doesn't murder Joker. Yeah, I understood. I liked the idea of introducing Joker in a non Batman movie in order to set him up for later films. But the way yeah, that it was absolutely. done with him having this little D story where he's trying to break Harley out, it just felt. It didn't feel like Joker, and I'm not going to be like a super comic book purist or anything, but it just it felt like it's this side story that was part of a, another movie. Like we said, we feel like we're watching three different movies in one. Like it felt not in Suicide Squad. 
the fact that I could cut out all of the Joker scenes and it'd be the same movie means that it was useless. Yeah, and here's a simple... I thought for sure. Yeah, here's a simple tweak. And uh, like we said, this is if you make him the villain. All you do is in the flashbacks, you know, he drove uh, Dr. Harley Quinzel into becoming Harley Quinn. He drove her mad. She fell in love with him, became obsessed, and they had this violent relationship. But like in present day... What you do is, like, she even agrees, even though she's batshit crazy, no pun intended on the bat, that she's so batshit crazy that she thinks that even he has lost it. Like, and he's causing too much destruction and uh, too many problems. And she, and, like, maybe that's why she let herself get caught is because she's like, hey, I'm fucked up, but look at this guy over here. I don't know. I mean, I think that the Suicide Squad has, you know, it definitely plays into the superhero fatigue. But at the same time, it's got enough glaring issues just as a film. Yeah, but it's that I think it just has so many mistakes that years ago we would have forgiven because we were it was more of a treat for a superhero movie. But now when it's so commonplace that, you know, we, we, we don't want medium or mediocre or average. We want great I think it would have been a little better received, but because it would have fixed the issues with, say, the the ending and the the whole you know faceless army climax with the you know light shooting up into the sky thing. Yeah. But it still would have had the glaring editing issues. The tone would have been way off. See, the biggest, and I said this in my article I wrote on MoviePilot.com, DC's or DC and Warner Brothers. Their biggest enemy is not Marvel. It's not critics. Their biggest their biggest enemy is themselves. And it may be DC's biggest enemy is Warner Brothers, if that makes sense. Is because yeah, it does. they're you know, they get nervous and then they change shit, but then they're also rushing it. So they think that, you know, just on the character names alone, they'll get big money. But like look, you had Batman and Superman, which is they're literally the most popular superheroes of all time. Marvel, mm-hmm. DC, just everyone knows Superman and Batman, number one and two. Everyone knows them. But, yeah, exactly. And that still didn't make their money back. Like, they made $800 million, but I'm pretty sure they said they needed to make a billion to make their money. They needed to cross the billion. Well, I, I, they made their money back. They, they went over. They did make their money back, but their financial projections were like $1.1 or something like that. Yeah. And they didn't get anywhere close to that. And so, you know, they have these investors that have put this money in, and now they're like, oh, we're not getting as much as you promised back. Let's, let, let's step back from the tweaking and judgmental uh, side of things. And, <laughs> and wrap it up. <laughs> well, not just wrap it up, but let's, let's talk about some good things. Because, like we said, there are some redeemable things about this movie. So we'll, we'll finish things off on sort of a positive note. Uh, if you're going to see it, here are some things to enjoy. Like I said before, Marco Robbie, I think, is the perfect casting for Harley Quinn. I, I think she just nailed yeah. it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't really like the character of Harley Quinn. Yeah, but like... I, I never have. She's always been irritating and annoying to me. <laughs> I, I, and she's, she's supposed to be. I get it, but... I think part of me that just always loved about the character is the fact that she was created from the animated series... To the comics, opposed to they brought her and that's what, yeah. from the comics to the animated series. I, like, I just thought that was cool because that Batman the animated series and you know the X Men and the Spider Man animated series were such big parts of my childhood. 
Yeah, exactly. So to see like you know that come to life and it's become so popular that they put Margot Robbie as her in a Suicide Squad movie, it's just really cool uh, to see that over the course of like the last twenty some years. But I personally love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, even though you don't like Harley Quinn. Will Smith found out. Yeah, Will Smith. As I said, I grew up you know watching Will Smith summer movies. You know, up until iRobot, then he just stopped doing it. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and it was fun to see him back in his quippy self, even though he didn't uh, didn't quite fit with the movie. But you know, I enjoyed Will Smith in it. Yeah, I enjoyed Will Smith. He was he was back to his old fun self. And uh, Viola Davis, I think, was really good as Amanda Waller. One actor who I don't think is getting enough credit. I liked Jay Hernandez as Diablo. I don't even know what he's ever been me, in before. Me neither. I had to look up what what his name was, but I just wanted to give him a shout out because, you know, everyone's talking about Margot Robbie, Will Smith, Viola Davis, and then some people who do like Jared Leto's interpretation. Like, yeah. like that's all they're talking about. But like, I think he brought this character of Diablo, who I really hadn't heard of. I don't, I'm not sure. I think he's a Batman villain or a Flash villain. Who fucking knows? He's someone. Yeah, <laughs> he's someone with fire. Like that's all I knew. Yeah. And but yeah. like they gave him sort of a mini little arc, and they made you care about. He was him. the only character that had an arc. Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> they made you care about him before they killed him, which I think was something that you know he did really well because he's under all those tattoos. And so, like, you can't really, like, always tell, like, but I thought he brought a lot to the role with what little he was given. Yeah, and I'd also, I mean, the acting besides Jared Leto, who I just couldn't stand, um, I liked, I mean, Jai Courtney was actually good, and that's, like, saying something, because, you know, him and Sam Worthington, I'm pretty sure, are the same person. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, what, what has Jai Courtney ever done that you remember? I don't, and most of the movies are so bad that I just don't see them. It's like he's a robot, and this one, I was like, oh, he actually did something interesting. The performances are a good thing. Um, I, I think a scene that I kind of figured I would like, I did like how they did the bar scene. Yeah, because it, you thought it was just going to be comedy because in the trailers, like the, this was my one pet they, peeve. They cut that stuff out of the trailers. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, that that was annoying. You know, that, where they're all taken. Oh, what do you have? Oh, I have a whiskey. You know, and then like they looked to Diablo. And he's what, like twelve. Yeah, they looked at, they looked at Diablo. And he's like water. And she's like, that's a good idea, honey. You know, like <laughs> yeah, they, they needed that, but it was it was not there. But. But it actually helped not having that. I liked the moment, like Diablo, like he says, he reveals that he killed not only his wife, but also his kids in the fire. And, like, he, like, won't admit it because, like, Jai Courtney asks him, like, what happened to the kids? And he won't say it, but they all know it. And then, like, I love Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn just goes, own that shit. You know, like, she's basically saying, yeah. like, you know, don't, you know, don't fucking sit there and try to act like you didn't do it. Like, that happened. But. Exactly. And one other thing I'll say that I liked, and not so much with this movie, but more of the entire DC expanded, extended, whatever it is, universe. Um, it, this, I mean, it wasn't, it looked different than Marvel. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, that's one the huge complaint I have with Marvel is their movies are like the blandest looking movies I've ever seen. They look like romantic comedies. Yeah, they all, they, they all look they the always, same. They're very flat. They, they look very flat. And with this one, they went too dark, like physically, and you couldn't you couldn't see some stuff. Um, uh, even just uh, like I liked when they were trying to be different, uh, sort of in the beginning. 
even though it was it took a long time, was when they're doing all the flashbacks and like their names flop up on the screen, and you know that gives a little description of shit they've done, and yeah, know. which was cool. And then the movie doesn't deliver on any of those promises. Yeah, like, uh, but like I liked <laughs> I liked that start. I liked the beginning where it was you know uh, like it just flashes on the screen. It's just like dead shot, and you know like yeah. So go watch the first twenty minutes and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> There are some good things about Suicide Squad. It is not a complete shit show, but it uh, certainly... We think if we brought those five things to the table, that it could have not only fixed it to be pretty good, but I think it, it could have been a great movie if they fixed some of these things. I was looking forward to it just as a, a premise, and, you know, I like the actors and everything behind it, and I was, I mean, you know, I was kind of rooting for DC. Like, hey, you could maybe you save yourself. You can have a hit here. That That's what it was It was going to be, but it, it kind of felt like you ordered a, a pizza, you know, online, you know, with uh, pepperoni and sausage and meat lover's pizza, and it shows up and it's... Uh, it's a veggie. <laughs> and you're like, well, it's not what I ordered. I guess you ordered some veggies all right, but, you know. I'll, you ordered some good, good old Chicago deep dish and they brought you Domino's. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a much. It's like it's like I got Luminati's and, and they sent me Domino's. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Domino's. No. <laughs> Am I going to eat it? Yes. I'm hungry. Am I going to enjoy it? Probably not. <laughs> Suicide Squad is the dominoes of superhero movies. <laughs> it's edible, but but not in Is it is it real pizza? No. Uh, but it says it's pizza. But anyway, please uh tweet at Entertain Buffet on Twitter if you what you think of our uh tweaks, if there's any tweaks you think we missed or uh things that you disagree with, or you can email entertainmentbuffet at gmail.com and uh, we'll respond with what you think uh, to our tweaks and uh, maybe some you have yourself, something we missed. But uh, thanks uh, for coming on for the uh, possibly the, the pilot podcast of Film Tweakers, Josh. Yeah, hopefully I'll be I'll be back. I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we'll, we'll definitely have you on again. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be tweaking a movie that we liked more um, and with some more positive tweaks, or uh, we'll have you on the Entertainment Buffet podcast as well. Something to look out for in the near futures on the social medias is we are working on a little animated uh, comedy pilot, aren't we, Josh? We are, but we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that. Let's keep it. Let's keep it as under wraps as possible. But uh, <laughs> keep your keep your eyes open for um, some uh, some stuff by the I would say end of the year. You will see some very cool stuff coming from me and Entertainment Buffet, kind of co-producing things. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled for for that. There's a dinosaur in it. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, Josh, and uh, thanks for listening, yeah. everyone.